0: Welcome to Manners and Madness, a Jane Austen and David Lynch podcast. My name is Maya Adkins.
1: And I'm Christian Cabrera. And today we are finishing out season two of Twin Peaks with episode 22.
0: Oh, or 29. <sighs> or 30. Or 29. How you're
1: <laughs> All you need to know is that it's the last episode of the first two seasons. Oh.
0: Oh, if I had one word for this episode, it would be devastating
1: (laughs) yeah it was devastating is a great word for it (laughs) because I just well I didn't know what to expect and we had a lot of you know Black Lodge we had about 20 minutes worth of Black Lodge scenes and I was like what is happening my brain is scrambled (sighs) and then the (laughs) ending uh, the ending the ending is devastating, I know. for sure.
0: Well, like, every single scene, there's only one scene that isn't devastating in the entire episode, and I... It's
1: the opening scene, right?
0: You know, I've seen it, this is burned into my brain, like, <laughs> nothing else from the show. But watching it this time, I was like, wait a minute, that's all there is? Like, five scenes in this whole entire yeah episode i in my i guess because it i think it was released back to back with mr yes. peaks yes I yeah that. so i guess my brain remembers the whole thing as one <laughs> right long episode but like just watching it on its own as one episode i was like it's like there's nothing to this episode except for blow after blow after blow <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah and it's like i don't know like it definitely like you know it it could be it's cliffhanger without being like so intentionally cliffhanger like it I could see it definitely like before the 25 years later came out which I'm like I know the significance of 25 now
2: yes. uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I could totally see it just coming to an end and you kind of you know you get your ending without getting out like all the satisfaction of it but it's like kind of you know devastating like you said at the end and I don't know. I'm like, I want there to be a season three that came out right after it (laughs) because I wanted things to keep going.
0: Oh, my God. I know. I mean, they were definitely trying to leave it so that the studio would want to pick them back up because you're like left with so much. "Ah!" And (laughs) um, yeah, the fact that they didn't is the worst thing to ever happen in history
1: (laughs) (laughs) in television history
0: (laughs) just kidding but it was yeah it was devastating as a 12 year old it's still devastating i still watching it this time had to text you even though i didn't you know say anything about it but i was like oh my god i have to talk to you about this and then i had to call my sister and talk to her about it even though you know you both the quite familiar what <laughs> <laughs> well
1: it's such a such a an episode that you kind of need to talk about it because so much is happening, and they especially like the black lodge scenes are so like quintessential, like absurdist David Lynchian and kind of thing. Oh, yeah. And that oh, like this
0: is you such a lynch episode. <laughs> exactly.
1: You can't help but talk about it, even if you've seen it a million times, because it's like, am I finding out new detail? I just need to talk about this crazy scene and oh god. Yeah. It was so good though.
0: It right? like, leaves you with a heartache. Yeah. <laughs> Especially knowing then and knowing now that like we're never really gonna resolve it. We do have a season three, which is great and it's its own thing, but it does not make really. season the ending of season two feel better. <laughs> you know, like right. you're not like, Oh, all everything I always wanted to know. It's not like that. So it's just like this is the end
1: <laughs> yeah and i guess you could it's like you can maybe fit it into one of those like realism kind of endings where it's like you know it's not always like realism like it's not always going to be a happy ending blah, blah blah but like it kind of with the supernatural <laughs> with, like, the aspect of it <laughs> <laughs> exactly <Yeah. laughs> i feel like the supernatural <laughs> aspect of it really just bumps it up to like okay the world is. oh totally
0: it's a, such an awesome episode, too. Like, the whole yeah. final Red Room su- sequence is, like, it's almost what you remember from the Red Room. Like, right. there was so little of it. We only got it, really, in, like, what, two episodes? Yeah. Out of the whole series. And this is, like, the biggest chunk we've ever had of it. And... right so much theorizing and lore has been basically built probably upon just this one scene and you know when firewalk with me comes we definitely get to explore it more and give it more context but like whew, it's yeah. just <laughs> i can't wait to talk about it because me too it's so crazy <laughs>
1: yeah it was uh, yeah yeah it was really crazy
0: yeah and i remember the first time i watched it just years of going I wonder if Dale Cooper ever got back. I wonder. What to Audrey. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> right. Like there's like so many, like, especially like that scene, which I just, uh, you know, pump up my ego in, <laughs> in guessing, <laughs> in guessing things. I knew it was going to be a bomb. <laughs> I just knew yes, it. You did. I, was like, I just know it's going to be a bomb. <laughs> yeah. I was clearly the most worried about pete and audrey although i don't think pete made it but which is very sad at least we were spared that like direct heartbreak i couldn't know if i could deal with a funeral pete scene or something
0: yeah i wonder if it i i do want to when we get done speculate if it had come back the next season because Mm -hmm. i think definitely we would have had storylines that are like way different than what ends up happening in season three like I wonder, like, how much of that, like, would it just be like, there was a huge explosion, but somehow Pete and Andrew and Audrey were all fine.
1: (laughs) They somehow (laughs) made it through. (laughs) Uh,
2: But,
0: you know. Okay. Well, I guess that counts as our first impressions. (laughs) Yes.
1: We'll have a lot. I've got
0: so much in the recap.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we'll have a lot to say about and during the recap especially
0: yeah unless you wanted to say anything else specific
1: i will say uh i i did i think even before season no it was probably like right after season one but we really didn't have any like red room all that extra stuff season one i remember josh was watching season three and i had caught like a couple scenes In the red room, I believe, and Uh I was like, "I do not know what this show came to." And now, (laughs) now seeing the finale, I'm like, "Okay, I kind of get it now, (laughs) a little bit more." But I was like, "Yeah," and why the
0: hype for season three was so Mm -hmm. huge? Like everybody who had ever seen Twin Peaks, whether they saw it 25 years ago or sometime along the line, have been waiting for a long time to see. What comes what next? are your answers <laughs> to the questions you've left us with?
1: <laughs> right, right. But yeah, I'm ready to talk about it. Let's do it.
0: Okay, let's do it.
1: <laughs> I will say um, I did kind of have to like lightly sort through them because uh, some of the notes were like, so in season three, and I was like, I can't read that yet. I can't read that yet.
0: Oh oh oh. I danger. will danger zone.
1: <laughs> yeah. I will say some of them uh, though, but let's see. All right. So this episode it was directed by David Lynch and
0: obviously. Obviously
1: it's <laughs> the most Just watching it I was
0: like, "Oh yeah. All we've seen all these other directors do their version of Lynch and then we get back to Lynch and it's like oh no, this is Lynch. Yeah, Especially (laughs) having seen a lot of his other movies at this point, you know, like and talked a lot about them. Mm -hmm. Very clear. Yeah,
1: Yeah. you can totally see like, yeah, the callbacks to all his other stuff. and It was written. Okay, so the writing aspect of it. So credited writers, Mark Frost, Harley Payton, and Robert Ingalls, but I did Mm -hmm. read that they did give the script to David for like kind of like a final revision and he did make a lot of changes in the red room aspect of it. And I think he had some quote basically where he was like, when I read it, it just, it seemed all wrong. (laughs) And so he's like, I, I made the edits to it and changes. And then it just felt great. I really love this episode. (laughs) 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 So it was kind of like a, a complete writing process with everyone involved.
0: Awesome. Yeah. I uh, was reading in the twin peaks unwrap book. I think it was, it might have been Harley Payton, I think, who mm-hmm, they right. were interviewing. And he was like, <clears throat> At first, when I n- realized that David Lynch was making a lot of changes to the script, I was a little <laughs> perturbed. But then I realized, oh, it's David. We just gotta you just know. Gotta go and with then it. in the end it was perfect. So whatever. <laughs>
1: exactly. Exactly. Um it came out June 10th, 1991. And then I did have some other little like or um, yeah, and you were correct. It was originally edited with the previous episode of *Twin Peaks* to run as a two-hour spot. Uh huh. Okay, so I said it came out June tenth, nineteen ninety-one, and it was the broadcast audience was about ten point four million, which was about twelve percent of the available audience, which I feel like is really good, and I feel like they should have picked it up, but whatever.
0: Twelve <laughs> I <mean>, percent—that's <laughs> a lot. <laughs> I mean. If you look at numbers today, it's like if you get half a million, you're doing really, really well. And right. they're getting 12 million people watching, even at the lowest point where it's getting like 7 million. It's still...
2: That's a lot. You
0: know, <laughs> 7 point some million people watching it.
1: <laughs> exactly. Whatever. Damien is like, I hope they know it.
0: I'm sure they do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there was a song called Sycamore Trees in this episode, and it was written by David Lynch hmm and the lyrics are a copy of some lines in his early draft of ronnie rocket um i read that before it was moved later
0: i did the that was one of my favorite ones that the twin peaks unwrapped get, unseen players mm-hmm. uh, where they where we read that was one of my favorite ones that they did oh yeah and that scene i believe was in the that so you should go back and listen to their (laughs) running yeah yeah i will episode yeah
1: now that i know (laughs) and then some like just various trivia and i feel like i feel like i read this trivia this is like the first piece of trivia i read i was like this is the most david lynch thing ever but (laughs) when pete when cooper tells pete that the log lady will be here in one minute the log lady appears on screen exactly one minute later (laughs) i was like of course of course and then the singer in the Red Room that we meet is Jimmy Scott, who's a cabaret oh. singer from the 50s. Um, he's, him. Yeah, he was great. I, was like, <laughs> oh, I love that voice. Um, and he's known yeah, for I his know. high voice and that a performance at songwriter Doc Palmas' funeral and the performance in the series, which was about three months after that, kind of like gave him a comeback, which was kind of cool.
0: Mm. Yeah, I think I remember that. Because I remember, because I honestly that song him singing that song mm-hmm. is maybe one of my favorite songs of all time i listen to it uh-huh. a lot and awesome. have for a long time and i just i i don't even know when probably in my 20s i remember whenever the internet was <laughs> looking <laughs> up jimmy scott and be like oh i never knew anything about you and now i know everything <laughs> <laughs>
1: So I also have the log lady line, but I also want to read this. It's almost like a review of the entire show post season finale with, uh, by Noah Murray for the New York times. And I really liked this, kind of interpretation of the show. He okay. said, he said at its best, the show is a study of how our unspoiled youth are ripe for exploitation by benevolent forces all because they're anxious to be more like the adults in their lives who they, who themselves were compromised so long ago that they Almost forgotten, they're broken. Uh, I was like, oh, I really love that.
0: <laughs> yeah, was when did we have that? Was that soon after it came out?
1: I think so, but I just love like I was like, oh, that kind of puts the show in perspective too.
0: Say it one more time. Yeah,
1: at its best, this show is a study of how our unspoiled youth are ripe for exploitation by malevolent forces, all because they're anxious to be more like the adults in their lives, who themselves were compromised so long ago that they've almost forgotten they're broken.
0: That is good. It's one of those sentences you have to listen to twice. To yeah, <laughs> <really> yeah. <copy laughs>
1: yeah. Say, when I first saw it, I was like, "Let me reread this a couple times." <laughs> okay, and then I also have the log lady intro. Our
0: last one.
1: Our last one. All right. She says, "And now an ending where there was once one, there are now two, or were there always two? What is a reflection? A chance to see two? When there are chances for reflections, there can always be two or more." Only when we are everywhere will there just be one. It has been a pleasure speaking to you.
0: Oh, Oh yeah. Doppelganger's are a real big part of this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: <laughs> They're scary. I don't like them at all. No. But, yeah, I think that's kind of, like, it for the notes that didn't talk about season three, so maybe I'll revisit these for season three notes.
0: Okay, perfect. <sighs> all right, well, shall we go ahead and get into the recap? Let's do it. Okay, so we we said it was called Beyond Life and Death, right?
1: (laughs) Uh, I think so, but it's not. That's what it's called.
0: (laughs) So we start with Andy and Lucy sitting cheek to cheek talking about (laughs) how scared Lucy got at the pageant. And they kiss. And Lucy says, I love you. And looks like she surprises herself. That's one of the good scenes. I forgot Mm -hmm. about that. (laughs) It was very sweet. Yeah, definitely. They're like cheek to cheek... Saying all their dialogue was very—I um, <laughs> don't know—I liked it. I feel it like did. it was uh, like um, an old-timey movie.
1: <laughs> yeah, it does feel like um, like at the end of like a Hitchcock movie or something. After like the big climax, and the two yeah. main people are
0: recounting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we see Cooper staring at the petroglyph map. Mm-hmm. Harry comes in and. I don't know if it's Cooper or Harry, but one of them is repeat repeats Fire Walk with Me. Cooper. Cooper. And then Pete comes in because the log lady stole his truck. <laughs> <laughs> but the log lady didn't steal his truck. The log lady oh. will be here in one minute precisely
1: <laughs> <laughs> to the dot.
0: And then they make the realization that the map is pointing them towards Ghostwood. Mm the big piece of land that Ben and Catherine have been fighting over this whole time. Right. And we learn that Pete had 12 rainbow trout <laughs> in the bed.
1: <laughs> it is referenced again.
0: <laughs> it is symbolic and Harry remember that makes Harry remember that there's a circle of 12 sycamore trees uh. in Glastonbury Grove in Ghostwood. <laughs> and most of the scene is like kind of shot from High in the corner of a room, Mm -hmm. like almost like a security camera or something. Yes. (laughs) And then one minute later, Margaret comes in and she's brought the oil. We find out that her husband brought it home soon before he died and said that the oil was an opening to a gateway. They sniff it and realize that it's burnt engine oil, which is the same thing Jacoby smelled back when he was attacked At the end of season one. Right, right, right. When uh, Leland attacked him, I guess. Yeah. Oh, and then they bring in Ronette, who we Mm -hmm. haven't seen for a really long time. Seriously. (laughs) And She smells the oil and gets scared. And she recognizes it from the night Laura was killed.
2: Oh, scary. A lot of this (laughs) episode is
0: really making me think of Eraserhead. Like... Yeah. Oh, no. Something about burnt engine oil just makes me think of a Racerhead engine.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, a Racerhead was so like industrial.
0: Yeah, I feel like the whole movie smelled like burnt engine oil. Oh, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, then we see Wyndham with Annie at Glastonbury Grove. Mm -hmm. And he says he likes the fear he's feeling from her. And the whole scene is lit with flashlights. And I don't know if we've seen this in a Lynch movie, but it is definitely one of Lynch's favorite things to do. A flashlight
1: in the forest.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Lighting a whole scene with a flashlight.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I think we've seen it maybe one or two episodes before, like quick scenes. It always scares me because it feels very Blair Witch Project.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because... Was it in Blue Velvet where they were talking about some weird way they had to light something because... Oh, it, They wanted to look like a factory or maybe it was Racerhood. I don't know, but... Oh, um,
1: it might have been when they were out in the field and that woman was dancing on the car in Blue Velvet.
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe. I can't remember exactly, but I, I know he does like crazy lighting stuff. Very like you know, basic things like flashlights. Mm -hmm, You can tell a lot of the time, like, oh, that flashlight has a filter over it. Yes. (laughs) So, Wyndham pulls Annie into the circle and she stops struggling because she's Mm -hmm. been, like, kind of freaking out. Mm -hmm. And he says that he took Coop to the edge the last time with Caroline, which I'm sure I've heard that line, but it never, like, really clicked with me, like... If he's saying in the log lady intro, did he already have a doppelganger? Maybe it was because Wyndham already has been switched out. Well, he like he says he took him to the edge with Caroline, which makes me think he's been kind of like using Cooper as some sort of weird pawn in his weird yeah. whatever villainy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> in his game, I guess, to get to the Black Lodge, maybe last time was close but wasn't quite there yet. Right. But then that, that does get me thinking about like the duality of the Doppelgangers and is like how Wyndham had that like change and he kind of became evil. And I was like, something happened in the past where he got switched out, or maybe he was influenced by his doppelganger at some point, or Yeah. Because he does kind of also have that crazy aspect of the Doppelgangers where they're always like smiling and kind of like menacing and I don't know.
0: Yeah. And um they definitely have like A different look, like with the kind of Mm -hmm. pale eyes, which kind of makes me think of when Wyndham, you know, in a previous one had the blacked (gasps) out face or like teeth or whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm. Okay, so then Wyndham leads Annie through the curtain, which appears. Mm -hmm. I said, feels very eraser.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It does.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, and then our first devastating scene. Ed and Norma are just snapping and smiling at each other.
1: <laughs> just, you know, like a, as if they're listening to a record.
2: <laughs> I know, they're just so
0: like silly. on cloud nine. And Nadine and Mike are on the couch, both with head wounds. I don't know how Mike got a head wound. I guess they say how he got a head wound, but it, we didn't uh, yeah. see it, did we? No, we only <laughs> we saw, saw Bobby get hit in the head. Yeah,
1: Bobby yeah we only saw Nadine. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if maybe they were like, let's just switch them out. <laughs>
0: We'll just pretend.
2: <laughs>
0: so then we find out Mike now really cares for Nadine and would do anything for her. Uh-oh. He loves her, he says. And she doesn't know who he is.
1: <laughs> Get out of my house. <laughs>
0: I said, no!
2: <laughs>
1: oh, Nadine.
0: Poor Nadine. I think it's funny that they have a light-up painting, which was...
2: Mm -hmm. Such a
0: specific time period where people had (laughs) light-up paintings.
1: I could totally see her being like, "I love this painting. I need it for my house."
0: Yeah. Oh, for sure. And then she cries and says, "It's not fair." And I find out she's thirty-five. Thank you for finally
1: (laughs) for verifying. I thought they weren't going to tell us because she was like, "Are you joking?"
0: (laughs) And I was like, "Tell me, please." (laughs) Uh, And then I say, poor Mike. Poor Nadine. Poor Mike. And then I think Ed says, or maybe Mike says, we all let things get a little out of hand.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Mike, uh, I think he apologizes to Ed for letting things get out of hand. Because he was kind of using her for a while.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah.
1: Lessons learned.
0: And, you know... I understand because it was so, such a great storyline. It was. Let it, get out of <laughs>
1: it was. And that whole line of like, it's not fair, just kind of like broke my heart because it's like, she's getting the realization of what happened while she was kind of in this alternate personality and like, kind of like how her life has kind of gotten derailed and it's yeah. like no one's fault really, but just sex. Yeah.
0: This whole episode could be called This It's Not Fair. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Literally, please.
0: <laughs> and then, okay, then second de- devastating scene Eileen and Ben. See, I thought all of these scenes had more like, like we kept back and forth, but no, it's just one scene mm-hmm. with Nadine and Mike. And then we have this one scene with Eileen and Ben. And they're waiting to talk to Donna, who is packed and screaming. (laughs)
1: It's like, where is she going? (laughs) Where are you going, lady?
0: She's leaving and she's screaming. And it's funny because they're all like, you know, I just wanted to tell the truth. And it's Donna figured it out. Nobody ever told her the truth. She figured it out on her own. So they're all like, we we should have we didn't want to t- we had to tell the truth i'm like you never told her the truth so anyway. exactly uh, <laughs> that's why she's mad <laughs> and then uh doc hayward comes in and is pissed at ben rightfully so then sylvia walks in <laughs> <laughs>
1: she, she has had it <laughs>
0: And then we get maybe me and my sister's most quoted line You're my daddy. You're my daddy.
1: Oh, God. I... <laughs> if this wasn't, because that is a very, like, felt like a very David Lynch kind of thing, like saying that over and over and repeating it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Ugh, shut up.
0: <laughs> yeah. But the way she says it is like so stuck in my head. I always. Oh, say yeah. It. I can't think of that line without thinking, you are my daddy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's like this weird thing where Donna has been like by the universe and really everyone around her has been like treated like such an adult since Laura died. And then she's kind of like at the end brought back to being like, Oh, she's a kid and she needs help. She needs her family.
0: Yeah. And then Will, who I don't think I've called him Will this entire time because I never remember that. That's his name. But no. they called him it in this season, <laughs> so I'm calling him it. Will hits Ben, who gets a head wound and falls to the ground bloody. And there's crazy music. And it's so Lynch.
1: <laughs> yes. Just screaming and crazy yeah. tense music.
0: And for the people who have seen season three, this is the only one of these storylines that they're like, we're going to pretend that this didn't happen. <laughs> We're not going oh, really? to reference in this.
1: <laughs> <second>. <laughs> interesting. Interesting.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I wonder if they came back, would they be like, I don't know, would we think that Ben is dead for for a few minutes? Would they pretend? I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> he wouldn't be dead. I don't think he he'd be dead, back. but
1: I, I, I would like to have personality change part two and just have Mm -hmm. nadine sort of storyline for ben we'd
0: love to have a head wound equals um personality (laughs) (laughs) shift exactly okay and then oh then we see andrew switching the key with a fake and pete catching him
1: uh yeah
0: that's one that we actually kind of cut away from but you know it's only that one little scene and then Mm -hmm. we see coop and harry drive to the woods cooper tells Harry that he has to go in alone. It's very dark. We hear an owl hooting. Cooper looks at the oil. There's like oil in a little circle. Mm-hmm. And he follows some footprints. And Harry comes up and watches as Cooper enters the curtain. Which in the last episode we established, love and fear open it. And obviously Annie, being scared, could have mm-hmm. opened it. And I guess I always kind of was like, Ugh. Maybe I never really thought about it too hard. But I was wondering <laughs> in the last episode when we heard about love and fear that, you know, was Coop entering it with because he loved Annie or because he was fearful for Annie? And I'm going to assume that fear opened it for Cooper as well because mm-hmm. it's the exact same place I assume that Wyndham was. It seems very on the darker side of things. Yeah.
1: So. Well, I think, like, with that love and fear, love is more like the White Lodge and so true and think especially thinking about like the ending and what happens I feel like fear has to be the reason that he was able to enter the Black Lodge he was scared for Annie and probably probably honestly scared to confront Linda
0: yeah and you know maybe part of him did go to the White Lodge and maybe that's Mm -hmm. something we'll be able to figure out later Yeah, (laughs)
1: we'll explore later
0: (laughs) (laughs) we'll explore at a later time I like to add the nuggets for the people who've seen the whole thing. They're just, you know, so we can remember too. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Okay. So, okay. So we see the red curtains as a hallway. We've Mm -hmm. got the Chevron floor still. And there's a statue at the end of the hall. And there's music in the air. Mm -hmm. So Cooper enters a curtain room and there's strobe lights.
2: Oh, Very much
0: like the pageant. And we see the man from another place dancing in his red suit and he sits down and Jimmy Scott is there singing the best song in the world in a spotlight. <laughs> yes,
2: <laughs> I love it.
0: And when the concert is finally over he fades away. <laughs> <laughs> and then we see Andy come out looking for Harry. Andy's a real <laughs> hero in this episode. I kind of feel like yeah. Hawk maybe should have also been part of this, but you know, I guess she gotta boil it down to one
2: (laughs)
1: yeah i wonder if hawk was like i don't want to go near that place (laughs) he knows probably knows more than the rest of them
0: (laughs) we see dawn break the grove is still empty harry and andy sit waiting it's been 10 hours already and andy takes harry's breakfast order
2: (laughs) (laughs)
1: oh it was so sweet
0: yeah so twin peaks so david lynch It was like a slow, quiet scene, but like Mm -hmm.
2: food
0: (laughs) from the diner being like something, you know, no matter what's going on, you still got to get your breakfast plate.
1: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) you got to get your nourishment, take care of yourself.
0: And some pie. I love the way he's like, do you want some pie? And Harry's like, yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I know, it made me laugh that every answer was like, yeah, yeah. It was just the same answer. And it was like a little kid asking, like, do you want this? Do you want this?
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) It was very cute.
0: And then, oh, the next, Mm. the next scene, we go to the bank. Audrey shows up. Completely unset up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We could have just left her out of this, but I guess we needed Audrey to have some peril. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) You know, she's got a Get that bad publicity for the bank.
0: (laughs) And there's the bank manager who, I want (laughs) to say, when we watched Wild at Heart, I was like, I think this guy is at Twin Peaks. And I was thinking of this bank manager. And I don't know if it's the same guy. I can't Mm -hmm. really remember the Wild at Heart person, like, vividly in my brain. But I Mm -hmm. remember the scene where they're, like, in a hotel lobby and there's, like, an old guy who walks along very slowly. Mm -hmm. Anyway. (laughs) It might be the same guy. I'm not sure. But Audrey chains herself up and asks Del, the guy, to call Dwayne Milford, the editor of the paper. And it made me go, wait a minute. Did he take over the paper when Dougie died?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he did. <laughs> I didn't I even make that did. connection.
0: Because I was like, they hated each other. Why would he have worked at the paper? I thought Dougie worked at the paper.
1: <laughs> he inherited the family news. <laughs>
0: Can you imagine? He's so old. He's like, I'll be the editor. I'm already the mayor. (laughs) Very Lynch scene. Very Lynch scene. This whole entire scene. There's lots of down the hall shots and walking around confusedly. (laughs) (laughs) Andrew and Pete come in with the safety deposit key. And Audrey explains to them that she's here for civil disobedience. (laughs) But she moves aside for them to enter.
1: That made me laugh. (laughs)
0: I said, I love this slow old man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that especially, maybe that's something that you and David Lynch have in common. You guys really like cute old men. Uh,
0: I think maybe it's because of David Lynch that I
1: love <laughs> <cute> old men. <laughs> Probably. Um, also, I just looked it up, and uh, that old man wasn't Wild at Heart. He was desk clerk. So you're right.
0: right. Oh, I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. Sometimes I get stuff right. <laughs> <laughs> In my memory. Uh, okay. <laughs> and then uh, we just got to add a little salt to the wound of the scene. Of but course. A cop answers the phone and exclaims, It's a boy!
2: <laughs> it's a boy.
0: <laughs> and then they open the safety deposit box and, of course, what did you think was going to be inside of it? it yeah, prop- Ad- I mean, not Andrew. Thomas Eckhart.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why would he leave you a gift? if you guys were enemies
0: yeah but it's a bomb that explodes and we see the old man's glasses go flying <laughs> outside the bank which makes me think nobody in that bank survived and money goes flying and this is like the third time i've written no <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah and we don't get any sort of resolution which is kind of sad because was like what happened to Aubrey? Audrey,
0: excuse I, me. I know. Ugh. Okay, so then we get the one good scene. <laughs> we see Garland Briggs kissing his wife.
1: Oh, the this... sweet.
0: And Bobby and Shelly are being cute and telling each other, or Bobby is like, we should get married. And they bark at each other. And it's basically a recreation of the very first scene. I think it's the first scene. Mm-hmm. One of the first scenes, the first diner scene uh-huh. of Twin Peaks in the pilot.
2: Because it's
0: exactly the same dialogue. Heidi comes in late and (laughs) she's giggling like a fool. And I I think they bark at each other maybe in the first episode. I'm not sure uh about that.
1: (laughs) This girl, Heidi, she made me laugh. I was like, where has she been all season? She's so funny.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know. But it's perfect. They saved her for the perfect moment. She's giggling like a fool. (laughs) And we see that Leo is still trapped in the woods with tarantulas. (laughs) (laughs)
1: i know there was some i don't know if there's any correlation i'm sure someone's talked about it but there is like a certain thing like a pattern i noticed with some of the characters where like all season they've dealt with like super grown-up super like intense mature themes and instances going on in their lives and then this last episode they kind of like are almost infantilized a little bit like donna especially but like even shelly and bobby like he's like let's get married and she's like i'm still married and they're just like laughing about it and they're like oh, leo's probably living it up in the woods <laughs> like totally like disconnected from the past yeah. seriousness
0: yeah yeah well we didn't have time for any of that nonsense because nope <laughs> 25 minutes in the red room <laughs> okay then sarah who we haven't seen for ages i know i'm just shocked. And- her and Jacoby come in and they have a message for Garland and she says in like backwards speech I'm in the Black Lodge with Dale Cooper. Is that? And I think that would be Laura saying that <gasps> from in there. Because who is uh, she going to communicate yeah. through? Sarah.
1: Right, right. That's actually a really good point. I didn't even think about that.
0: <laughs> Such a weird thing. I mean you never mm-hmm. hear anyone talking like that. Outside of there. Yeah. So it was very, like, jarring. Ugh. I think I don't even really remember that happening specifically from previous rewatches.
1: It's a quick scene, but it's very, uh, <laughs> it's very scary. Yeah. It Give you chills. You
0: gotta add that uh, note of horror to the one nice scene. <laughs> in the <whole> of course. <laughs> we can't have just
1: a nice scene. <laughs>
0: yeah. So, uh, back to the red curtains okay i read a lot of dialogue so i think this is um <laughs> the man from another place says in backward ease as i wrote <laughs> backward ease i'm waiting for you uh, cooper and he are staring at each other and he says when you see me again it won't be me this is the waiting room and then he asks him would you like some coffee and then he says some of your friends are here and laura walks in mm-hmm. she says hello and winks and snaps and i think actually <laughs> all of the movements are also backwards like the oh whole yeah, thing is yeah filmed backwards and then replayed forward it's really cool. i never really realized that but yeah
1: i love that effect i think it's really cool
0: yeah and then she says drum roll I'll see you again in twenty-five years. <laughs> Meanwhile.
1: <laughs> Meanwhile, bye. <laughs> and
0: she disappears, and honestly, I'm sure many a Twin Peaks fan had the same thought. But from the time I got the VHS copy, mm-hmm. so probably ninety-seven, ninety-six. From that time until it came out, I said we can always have a season three in 25 years.
2: <laughs> I had um,
0: so much optimism and hope and I, it was well-founded.
1: That's <laughs> was like, lone build. I think I also read that the 25 years thing was also like a reference to early in the season when Coop was in the black lodge and he was like an old stage makeup yeah. and she whispered the killer's name.
0: Yeah. And she says, it says when he goes in there 25 years later, right. The first time. This is like uh when I was recapping a razor head and I had to like write down every line and <laughs> yes. thing that happened because there was no way to say what was happening without doing so. Okay, so then the old milk guy shows up, the one from <laughs> yes. when Cooper was shot, and he says, Hallelujah and coffee. And then the giant appears where he had once been and says one and the same. Which, when he was shot, the old man came with milk and then the giant appears to him. So, I think right. maybe it's saying that they are kind of the same. Like he is the real life counterpart or whatever. Maybe like a. Um, He's like
1: the vehicle for the giant or something.
0: Yeah. Like uh, Philip Gerard. Is that the right guy? Yeah. That was Mike. Yeah. The one iron man. The one armed man. Yeah. Then the man from another place brushes his palms together, (laughs) and Cooper picks up the coffee. (laughs) This is a very (laughs) clear memory, too. It's turned solid, and then it turns back to liquid. Whoa. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. And then it turns into, like, a thick syrup, and the man from another place, or the arm or whatever, says, wow, Bob, wow. Mm. A palindrome. Then he says, fire, walk with me. And we see a fire, like a la Wild at Heart. And I think it was mm-hmm. like the same fire <laughs> we saw in that movie. And then the strobe lights start up again. And Ugh. a piercing scream is heard. Ugh. Screams are very important to Peaks, especially going forward. Oh, yeah. Okay, then Cooper leaves that room. He's like, this is insane. <laughs> I mean he has no expression, but I assume he's thinking this is insane. Right. Uh, I got it. He goes go. <laughs> down the hall to another identical room and then he goes back out of that room. No, back out to the first room. He goes he leaves that room, goes back to the first room, the man from another place says wrong way. And then he goes back <laughs> again to the other room where the man from another place is laughing scarily. And then Maddie walks in.
1: <gasps> uh. At first, I thought, because her hair looked like a little, it looked bigger, and I was like, is that Blackie? <laughs> but no, it was Maddie. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I could see that. They have very similar hair. <laughs> hmm Yeah, okay, so Maddie walks in, and she says, watch out for her cousin. And then Cooper leaves. It gets a little unclear at this point. Like, it seems like he's going in deeper, so it's hard to tell. At first, yeah. it was like he was going between two rooms, but now it seems like he's... Like, just going deeper into right. wherever we are. And I guess the Black Lodge. Okay, so then we go to another room that's empty. And the man from other places, Doppelganger, but teeny tiny this time is in there. And then we see Laura evilly screaming and running towards us like in a haunted house. <laughs> <laughs> it
1: was very scary. Why has there not been a haunted house recreated to be like this? They would do very well. I wonder.
0: I bet there has been, but I'm not. Mm. I want to go. Me too. This would be the perfect haunted house. (laughs) David Lynch should direct the haunted house.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Please. (laughs) I will pay money.
0: Yeah. So Laura being extremely terrifying in this moment, Cooper correctly runs away from her. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. So then we go to another room. And Cooper is now bleeding from where he was shot at the end of season one.
2: Mm-hmm. Which
0: I want to say, I was was listening to John Bernardi's podcast, the Blue Rose Blue Rose Task Force. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about, I think he's to the en- end of season one. But he was talking about, there's a, a woman, J.C. Hodgkins, I think is who had the theory, who wrote a theory about that Cooper, when he got shot, was in the Black Lodge from that moment on. I don't know that that that's true, but this I think is a good way to argue that, this part of the scene. Interesting. I mean, I don't know, who knows, but... (laughs) (laughs) So, okay, so we're in the hallway, he is still shot, and he's following a blood trail, and he enters a room and sees Caroline laying dead next to him on the ground, and she sits up, but then suddenly it's Annie, and she Mm. has, like, neck wound but it's annie and caroline's dress
2: yeah
0: and then we go into another room and annie is there and she says that she saw the face of the man who killed her she's speaking backwards or in backwards (laughs) ease she says that it was her husband because cooper looks a little confused and then she turns into caroline Mm -hmm. and then she turns back to annie (laughs) and she says (laughs) that she's alive (laughs) And then it's Laura screaming again.
2: <laughs> Laura, stop
1: screaming at us.
0: <laughs> and then it's Wyndham. And he's speaking backwards too. And then Annie starts to look entranced like she was earlier and fades away. And then Wyndham <laughs> Wyndham says that he will take Dale's soul in exchange for Annie being alive. Mm. And Cooper immediately agrees. I'm like
1: Of course. <laughs>
0: <Cooper>. <laughs> I wonder if he secretly wants to trade his soul so that he can explore the Red Room because <laughs> Probably. Really that's what he really wants. <laughs> and okay, so after Cooper agrees, Wyndham stabs him. And then we see the fire again. And Bob appears. Oh, gotta have no. Bob. <laughs> he tells Wyndham to be quiet. And this is another one that you've got exactly right. He tells Coop to go that Wyndham is wrong. He can't ask for his soul. So Bob will take his because I believe you said Bob Wyndham's going to find out that he actually doesn't have as much power and that I mean, (laughs) these
1: are just things that
0: I (laughs) want. Then we see fire coming out of Wyndham's head, which mental keep a mental note of that because that's imagery we will see again. (laughs) (laughs) Fire (laughs) head. And then Bob laughs and an evil, laughing Dale doppelganger runs in.
1: No. Maybe
0: the most terrifying thing in the Red Room.
2: <laughs> yes.
0: Then suddenly, Leland shows up. And he's also got the doppelganger eyes and says that he didn't kill anybody. Mm. And uh, evil Dale. Okay, I don't know. If... <sighs> I'm, now I'm confused. I think I thought Leland said that to regular Dale and maybe he runs away and then evil Dale comes up and starts laughing with Leland okay
1: yes that's exactly what happened
0: okay so we know that Leland knows that he did kill (laughs) someone and evil Coop follows regular Coop or evil Dale follows Coop I don't know um (laughs) (laughs) And I was just at that, that moment, they've been using it throughout, but that was where I was like, they're really using the shadows behind the curtains to good effect. Mm -hmm. I know in the first Red Room scene, there's like something that flies across. And it was one of those things that like took me forever to notice. And then after Mm. that, I've always like been like, what is that? (laughs) (laughs) So I was noticing it a lot this time.
1: Mm. I never noticed. it.
0: Okay, then we're back in the grove. Cooper and Annie appear lying on the ground and Annie is bloody. I, I don't know if it's a recreation of this shot we had of them lying on the ground. It might be.
1: I don't, I mean, I think her I wound is up. different, but I think it's kind oh, of like, them lying the together. Neck. it's like on her forehead. Right. 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 Almost like Ben's injury. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs>
0: I really want to know what would have happened. Okay. <sighs> So then a transitional shot of the waterfall and we are at the great Northern. Oh, God. No. The worst scene in history <laughs> <Cooper> <laughs> is in bed and he says he wasn't sleeping. And then he, he's very weird when he first wakes up and he's like, I wasn't sleeping. And then he kind of is like, Oh, how's Annie? Ugh. And then he says he needs to brush his teeth. Harry and doc are there and they help him up. He goes into the bathroom, and he squirts his toothpaste into the sink, and then he mm-hmm. runs back and crashes his head into the mirror, very Leland Palmer, mm-hmm. and on the other side of the mirror, Bob is staring back at him, No. <laughs> and he smiles at us with a very creepy smile and blood running down his face, or I guess he st- smiles at the mirror at first, and he starts laughing, and he says over and over again, how's Annie? How's Annie? How's Annie? Another thing that's always stuck in my head. And And then as the credits roll, we see a reflection of Laura in a coffee cup. How do you you end
1: it? How are you satisfied with yourself for ending it there,
2: executives?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. I wrote this episode is twice as long as it is in my head. I mean, it's twice as long in my head as it is in real mm. life.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It does feel like because you're so like entranced when they're in the red room because you like don't want to miss anything. So you're like kind of hyper focused on every single detail. And I still miss yeah. stuff.
0: <laughs> but
1: <laughs> oh my God, that ending.
0: I was typing so fast. So like. <laughs>
1: yeah oh so crazy
0: so what was your favorite part
1: (laughs) oh gosh
0: oh i
2: will say hmm
1: i think i'm gonna say my favorite part was the first red room scene where we have the man from another place and laura together and we're kind Mm -hmm. of getting the laura dialogues i think it's just i love the backwards forwards kind of uh, effect it always seems really cool and kind of like a Little bit like intimidating, yeah. And I was just happy to see Laura again because I've been saying for a while, I was like, I feel like the show got so far away from like the Laura aspect of it, and we kind of get a return to yeah. it at the end,
0: yeah. Oh, gosh, I mean, it's just a great, if not, if I mean, it's devastating, but it's a great episode. And I feel like even though I was saying, like, how's Annie and the Donna. <laughs> Those are the parts that like, I quote a lot, but the the what's left in my head at the end is just the sound of Laura's unnatural scream, like backward scream or whatever it is.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It feels like that is symbolic of all the future Twin Peaks will get, even Fire Walk With Me, which is a prequel.
2: <laughs> right.
0: Yeah, that scream feels like it pierced through reality and changed us all <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's very effective and feels very like singular like you know where that screams from don't beeps
0: yeah yeah
1: give me chills
0: <laughs> yeah we'll definitely we could definitely talk way more in final thoughts but before we get to that let us sort somebody
1: yes please.
0: I think we should. I've been thinking for a long time that this episode we should do, of course, Wyndham Earl. Of course. We didn't do him last time, did we? No. Mm-mm. We did Annie and Eileen last time. Okay. Yes. Yep. Yep. We should do Wyndham Earl and Dale Cooper. Because even though we get a season three and there's a lot of Kyle McLaughlin and a lot of versions of Cooper. I'm not
1: <laughs> right. I, don't know. I, know, I know I know I know very get this
0: little. particular version.
2: <laughs> uh, <yes>. Right. <laughs> right. I agree.
0: At least not a lot. So yeah. We'll do some biggies. I don't know if there's a card for Wyndham Earl. I should have done a little bit of prep work.
2: <laughs> I feel like there
1: should be because he's such a big part of season two.
0: There should be. There's still a lot of people we didn't cover. But you know these cards were actually made I think before Wyndham really got on the scene because it had like Sean oh. Reno and stuff. Oh, right, um, right, right. Yeah. So we don't have a Wyndham Earl card.
1: We'll have to improvise.
0: We'll improvise. <laughs> okay. Astrology wise,
1: I feel like definitely fire sign.
0: Yeah. I think, honestly, let's see what it says for Cooper. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what my instinct was. But I think Cooper and Wyndham might have the exact same.
2: Uh-huh.
1: I like that.
0: And what it says on Cooper's card, which is what I was thinking, was Aries. That's what because, I was thinking. <laughs> well, because he's so, Wyndham is so, like, singularly focused. Like, I feel like he is a fire heading in a direction and he's not worrying about what he's burning down you know I oh, i think of that as aries like a moving fire
2: <laughs> uh-huh
0: and i mean i was like would uh, i mean the first ones to pop in my head besides aries were scorpio obviously just because <laughs> he'll go deep down into the deeps but right. i still think that he's not as like emotionally invested so i was thinking maybe also aquarius which is kind of a detached type of a sign Oh. but i think aries because i do think he's got like a crazy passion and desire and drive but it's just mm-hmm. like and he'll he'll just burn the whole fucking world down on his way to absolutely get to
1: it. <laughs> absolutely i feel like that's so like um what's the word like it's so obvious that he's so kind of like you said single-minded and ready to do anything to get what he wants, and I also feel like yeah. just like at it, like the most base level, like fire is such a an associated element to the re- the Black Lodge, and True. now <laughs> now like Wyndham is such an associated aspect of the Black Lodge, and the fire aspect of it seems to just be a natural fit.
0: Yeah, I agree. Him Definitely. and Coo. Yeah. Well, we'll save. Our Cooper talk, but yeah. Yeah. A little spoiler for the next few minutes. <laughs> um uh, 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 D um evil bad. <laughs>
1: chaotic evil. No, chaotic
2: evil.
1: <laughs> yes. you had it right though.
0: <laughs> chaotic, evil, bad, worst, no good, very bad. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Oh gosh. And Austin.
0: Oh ugh. Jane Austen. You know, somehow I could see him in his cabin reading Jane Austen to try to meditate and control <laughs> yeah. his you know anger issues. Definitely.
1: <laughs> I would say maybe he really likes Emma because he likes the- her like how she kind of is like pulling the strings sort of to say, whatever. And that she kind of has this singular goal, like maybe he relates to her because she's like, I'm going to get this done no matter what.
0: I like it. I like it. That's a good one. I, yeah, I agree. (laughs) I was going to say Pride (laughs) and Prejudice, but no, I think you had good reasonings and I agree.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Emma. (laughs) Emma.
0: Okay. Cooper.
2: (sighs) Cooper. (gasps) Cooper.
0: We have a card for him, and I'll have to read the whole thing. Okay. Of course. (laughs) First, I'll say, okay, accomplishments. As a teenager, I became an Eagle Scout, scoring a perfect 100 on the Marksmanship test. (laughs) I didn't know Marksmanship was a part of becoming an Eagle Scout. Me neither. Uh, This position provided me with an understanding and appreciation of man and his environment. Okay. Strengths. I am acutely aware of the human mind. If I hadn't joined the FBI, I might have been a magician. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <Don't admit>
2: <laughs>
0: a sense of magic and mystery fascinate me. <laughs> mm-hmm. okay. hmm Okay. Could you see him being a magician? I don't feel like he has the... the What do you call it? Um,
1: the performance aspect the of
0: performance. it. The performance. He's not yeah. like a natural salesman to me, but maybe... Yeah.
1: I wouldn't have gone with magician. (laughs) I thought he was going to be like, I would have been like a therapist or a psychiatrist, not a magician. I I could see
0: him being a (laughs) Jacoby.
2: Yes.
0: (laughs) Uh, Okay. Weaknesses. I once allowed the execution of my professional responsibilities to be compromised by my personal feelings for a very gentle, very beautiful woman.
2: Hmm. (laughs) Maybe twice.
0: Saying one thing you did bad is not exactly listing a weakness, but
2: <laughs> <laughs> Right.
0: <laughs> weaknesses. I can't admit my weaknesses. Yeah. <laughs> so I have a thing for women in need <laughs> and young girls. Okay. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, just kidding. He didn't really go for Audrey. <laughs> right, 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 right. Nickname Coop. Coop. Likes all kinds of jelly donuts and a good cup of <laughs> coffee. Mm-hmm. Not don't pie would be on the likes.
1: You would think.
0: <laughs> Education, Haverford College, and the FBI Academy, and actor Kyle McLaughlin. And it says his birthday is April 19th, and that he's an Aries. <gasps> we know it what? April 19th. Yeah. <laughs>
1: That's crazy. Does it say the year? Uh,
0: 1954.
1: Never mind. <laughs> That's way off. But... <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> April 19th, that's cool.
0: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I wonder if Josh knows that he has the same birthday as Dale Cooper. I probably told him before. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I'll definitely mention it too, because I'm sure he'll be happy to know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Aries, I think we already kind of, he's not the same. He's not Aries for the same reason as Window. No,
1: they're kind of two sides of the same coin, like two different ends of an Aries. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, Cooper is self driven, and I actually think Cooper could maybe be more of a Scorpio. Like, mm-hmm. he's got the emotional depth that I feel a Scorpio would have. Yeah. But I kind of like just the symbolism of him and Wyndham being the same. Being the same. But like, Me too. You know, because doppelgangers was so important to this episode that yeah. I'll just say, okay, astrologer, you're right. Rose. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we say she's right quite often, but I just mm-hmm. assume she because, you know bias but of
1: course
0: (laughs) lawful good
1: of course duh
0: (laughs) even if he goes outside of the norm it's still under like the auspices of doing it in the lawful way
2: then uh, and
0: jane austen Austen. i feel like he'd be a real lizzie bennett lover
1: (laughs) of course of course
0: (laughs) yeah but i feel like he would read the entire works and be like i just love jane austen you know on a yeah. fishing expedition or something
1: <laughs> I, I yeah I feel like he would be reading Persuasion at this point in his life and he'd be like I'm just looking at it differently than I did in college yeah. <laughs> and I
0: think he'd also like myself be a defender of Mansfield Park
2: <laughs> uh, oh of course uh, of yeah. course
0: he definitely sympathized with Fanny's flight <laughs> so final thoughts
2: we're gonna do a wrap-up
0: episode with john bernardi and right we'll get to talk a lot about the entire season as a whole but final thoughts for this specific episode (sighs) i don't even know
1: (laughs) (laughs) it was just so cool and it was like i don't know it was kind of an experience like in a way it was like a quintessential twin peaks episode but it was also so different because it had that big david lynch influence on the writing of it and he directed the entire episode so
0: yeah and it was it was such a david lynch episode
1: <laughs> yeah and like this is not to knock any of the episodes the directing or the writing but like i kind of felt like it was a little bit of a return t- to form not yeah. in, like, a good form, but, like, in a classic form. Like, I felt like, ah, uh, like, this is a Twin Peaks, like, original. Almost. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've loved the ride of the entire series in season two, where we had a lot of different directors, and mm-hmm. they were all trying out their hands. And I thought a lot of them did a great job. I mean, oh, honestly, yeah. I don't think any of them were duds, in my opinion. No. But this one, <laughs> I mean, it just felt so david lynch and it's not it's it's not that hard to be david lynch you gotta no get this sound right you gotta get the long angles and the slow i think most directors are afraid to direct like david lynch because he just will let things breathe and
2: just mm-hmm. keep
0: filming i mean he likes that absurdity and he likes the spontaneity which is why he'll do things like change the dialogue but like Right. how much dialogue was really in this episode <laughs> you know <Right.
2: laughs>
0: what are you going to write in the red room that David Lynch can't write just as well if not better I mean he invented it right. through a dream I'm sure in the first place
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly He he probably does it the best
0: I think he's the only one who's ever directed a scene in the red room oh. or the black lodge also kind of unclear especially when we hear a little bit more of the lore like Mm-hmm. is this room the black lodge is it symbolic of the black lodge i don't know i don't think we really have enough information at this point to really know but right yeah <sighs> did you have any more because um, i feel like i cut you off the of No, no no
1: no <laughs> no no you didn't i think all i'll say is that i'm just excited to kind of let the finale of it kind of settle and maybe sit with me more. And then whenever we end up doing season three in the future, just kind of seeing like, what, what did they come back to? What did they um, maybe, you know, take some liberties with, and I'm just excited to see where they went.
0: Yeah. I'm so excited to, you know, cover some different David Lynch stuff for a little while. So that, because Mm -hmm. I mean, by the time we get to season three, he will have done the majority of his work and right. i mean i think season three is the last thing he's actually done you know like i think new so. thing so i think it'll be really interesting plus you know personally i had to sit with him for 25 years
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> so a
0: little bit of weight is a good thing i think to really you know sit and mull it over and let it morph in your brain to being something you know that your memory right. remembers it as as opposed to like what you're seeing necessarily which is what happens with all things. Fire Walk mm-hmm. With Me, also a really unique, specific thing that fits great between the two, the 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 old series, the new series. Mm-hmm. Very completely David Lynch. And that's like a whole nother story because, you know, that came out and we all saw this last finale and we're like, Great, we want a movie telling us what happens and then we get right. a prequel. <laughs> and it's like oh, okay <laughs> well it's amazing and great and you know you kind of got to get past your expectations or i did <laughs> have to get past you know, your expectations of oh we're gonna get some answers no we're not no nope. <laughs> i mean we, never. we did some answers but in a different way than you're expecting right
1: never expect a very clear like Here's an explanation for everything you do. Everything David you saw. Lynch
0: works in dreamscapes. <laughs> <And> <laughs> there's not always some rhyme or reason when you're talking about a dream.
1: <laughs> mhm. I agree. Uh, that's what I really love about it.
0: Yeah. For this episode also, I just oh, watching it this time, I never I knew it was uh, sad and horrible (laughs) and (laughs) devastating, but like the word devastating was really the foremost word on my mind when I finished watching it. And it's really crazy to be rewatching this for the podcast because of course, every time you rewatch something, it's a little bit different and you see new things that you never saw before because you're in a different place, a different way of watching it. Even if you watch Mm -hmm. it between one day and the next day, it can be completely... New experience, but like watching it this time, it was like, wow, my brain really added a lot <laughs> of extra stuff. <laughs> I mean, there's a ton in here, but I guess uh, it's just in this small, like 40, 50 minute package.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And there's so much within that 50 minutes that, like, I don't know if I can explain it right, but like, uh, my memory of it makes it so much bigger that it's like, than what we got. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I get it. And maybe that's like the setting with it and letting like all the things that happened and even like going back and looking for background things that happened. It's almost like the yeah. building
2: aspect of it.
0: Yeah. Oh, I am so glad we got through this entire season. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I always, it's one of my favorite things, has always been one of my favorite things in the world to share Twin Peaks with someone else and get to go along the the experience with them. So I'm just so glad I got to do it with you. And there's still more to come. But that was just, I mean, that little specific two seasons is something that I have definitely bonded with many people and showed many people
1: (laughs) over the years. Well, I'm glad we got to do it together too. Uh, Especially because I know it's like so quintessentially part of like all influence on you and that you're so <laughs> sort of like you know you're invested in the story of Twin Peaks and I feel like there was no better person to give me the guide <laughs> through it
0: well I'm glad to hear it <laughs> and I hope we <laughs> brought some other people along on the I hope so us. that would be cool yeah let us know if you did watch Twin Peaks for the first time with us that would be amazing I'd love to hear about it
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, okay. Well, we'll definitely be back with some more discussion of season two. Hopefully, with John Bernardi. Really should write yes. him and let him know. He <laughs> <with us. laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe we did that. I mean, we've discussed it, but um, it's been a while. Okay, well, let's do recommendations.
1: recommendations do you have one or would you like me to go first
0: I really have been meaning I've been thinking about this like mm-hmm. I can't do some stupid recommendation for the final weeks <laughs> episode but I can't think of anything <laughs> oh actually no I thought of something you can. I mean, maybe that's not the best but whatever <laughs> okay well I'll go first <laughs> I did yeah okay so I recently started I'm only like four episodes in but Oh, um, yeah, you know what? I want to recommend Thor, Love and Thunder now that I've thought about it. Go ahead. Is that what you want to do? No. Yes, I might. Okay. Because I freaking loved it. I Thor Me is always my favorite. I don't know. A lot of people <laughs> like, didn't like Thor in the beginning, but I've always loved Thor. I thought it was funny from the beginning. And I've loved what Taika Waititi has done with them. I loved the Thor comics. when I Back when I was reading comics, I read the Jason Aaron run. And mm. Having Jane Foster as the mighty Thor was a, a comic that I really loved. And I really loved seeing it on screen. I loved how kid-friendly it was, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe not everybody likes that about Marvel, but I loved watching it and being like, putting myself in the shoes of a little kid watching it and being like, "Yeah, they're going to love this so much. And I still yeah. loved it myself, you know? It just... I thought it was funny, heartfelt. It had a lot of great stuff. I'm really loving the way this whole Phase 4 of Marvel has been so female-centric and Mm -hmm. has had so many people of color as, like, the heroes. And I've just really loved it. There's a lot for a lot of people who weren't welcome. And, yeah or you know not welcome but you know Weren- not represented
1: exactly don't forget that the avengers were all white people <laughs> so i mean you know <laughs> <laughs> so for a while we only i've loved it people.
0: the whole time but <laughs> right. having a jane foster and a miss marvel and mm-hmm. you know it's just been great i've loved it <laughs> i I'm agree
1: I agree, and I also <laughs> I really loved Thor. I will say it did just kind of occur to me, but I feel like the playing with like the color that Taika did and the lighting and everything. I mm. feel like Gore was such a David Lynch kind of villain. I would love to see David Lynch's take on Gore.
0: Oh, <laughs> that would be
1: very scary because Gore was already scary. But
0: <laughs> yeah, I want to see the really eraserhead cool. version of Gore. Oh, on his
1: planet. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't take it.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, they did him. They did a really good job with him too. Like, oh he yeah, really he was great. Cared about him and understood him and went on the whole journey with him.
1: Yeah, I was like, I kind of don't. It was almost I know as I, much
0: his movie as anyone else's. <laughs> right.
1: I'm like, I shouldn't be on his side, but I understand. But you know, and yeah. also to to people who you know, if you aren't a super Marvel fan, at the very least, you get to see Chris Hemsworth. Buns in this movie. So. Oh, my
0: goodness. Show
1: up, show up for that. <laughs> show up for the buns. Exactly. i was <laughs> uh, <I'm> so stupid. <sighs> All right, so my recommendation, um, I am also only a few episodes into the newest season, but I'm going to recommend Westworld season. I think it's four. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. But this new season is so... I don't even know how, like, this is probably, I don't know if it's my favorite show. Actually, it might be my favorite show on television, but it's just so cool. It's so different. It's, like, got that futuristic aspect of it, but doesn't make it seem cheesy. And also kind of, like, makes the future a little scary, but everyone's great in it. They kind of... Tend to like restart the seasons with like these are the characters we know, but like they're kind of in a different spot and they might not be fully the characters that you know. And so it's just really cool and everyone's amazing in it. Tessa Thompson, speaking of Thor, is in it and her character is (laughs) her character is so scary and so cool. I just love it.
0: Just talking to Chelsea today because I was telling her to go see. Thor with the kids, mm-hmm. and she was like, "Oh, please tell me that Tessa Thompson is in it because she's watching Westworld." Yes, and she uh, answered on that.
1: <laughs> she's just so good. She's great.
0: Didn't get through season three of Westworld.
1: Uh huh. I would say maybe definitely go back and try again because this season, I know like people have said Westworld kind of is a little bit slower at points, which I could totally agree, like. I agree, and I. I personally like that aspect of it, but this season like really took off and I feel like I haven't been able to catch my breath. It's so <laughs> crazy.
0: I feel like it fell into the problem of I had like three different shows going at the same time, which yeah. always means that one of them becomes the one that I watch <laughs> and the other two I don't right. think about again.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I've been there. I think the other day we were scrolling on our list and I was like, those shows, gotta watch those at some <laughs> point.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll I'll definitely go back and watch it at some point, yeah. Because I liked yeah. the first two seasons.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just so good. Everyone's so good in it, and it's just very scary this season, and I love it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's getting scary.
0: Uh, well, uh, I know. I mean, we're only in the middle of the summer, but I'm already like, oh, is it fall? <laughs> is it scary? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: scary movie
2: season. Yeah,
0: this is... Well, I guess we still have a couple more podcasts that we have on the docket to record for the next um, couple weeks. Mm -hmm. But this is really our last one that we're recording for this section before we're going to take a little break ourselves. So it feels like the end of the end of Of an era.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. But, you know, we've still got plenty more to go into.
0: I know. I'm very excited. I mean, mm-hmm. I have loved doing it, and I'm glad we did. But I am excited to, you know, move on to like some different kinds of stuff. That's not that's not Twin Peaks for a while, and yeah. not, you know, Sanditon and <laughs> right. We did. Could- <laughs> we did a book. I mean, we've just been doing a lot of like really long things. Mm-hmm. So and so, it's gonna be nice to do some a little more. I would say fluffy, maybe. <laughs> yeah,
1: I love fluff who doesn't love to laugh?
0: <laughs> there's so much still to do i can't even i know believe how much <laughs>
1: it barely scratched the
0: surface i know and we maybe we're gonna play some video games during our break so that we can come yes. back with some video game reviews for you
1: <laughs> yes that'll be a first and a fun first i'm oh, there's
0: a Jane sure. austen ish video game too oh movie. i don't know I if it's know still even available but i'll see it's like a That'd Regency really cool. dating simulator. <laughs> <of a game.
1: laughs> that would be kind of fun.
0: It was pretty fun. I played it a couple of times. It was one of those like, you answer the questions differently and you come up with a different guy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like those kind of like, you know, quote unquote, choose your response and it shapes the story.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. <laughs> well, let's see. Next week, we may be doing our wrap up season two. Or we might do some Persuasion next week because the new Persuasionist has already right. come out and we will have a review for that very soon. We also have a re-release of one that we did for a different podcast that we're going right. to release on our feed because I think it, it's modern Persuasion. And I think it kind of may have some parallels to the the new one that came out. So I'm um, sure. <laughs> and that's our... <laughs> Most crossover episode that we didn't do for this podcast because <laughs> it stars Alicia Witt <laughs> and James. Oh, <laughs> right!
2: <laughs> uh,
1: perfect crossover.
0: Yeah. Uh, so look forward to those k- few episodes before our next check in. But if you want to write us anything about Twin Peaks season two, we'd love to hear what you have to say. Especially if you were watching it for the first time, which mm-hmm. uh, I think that might be. I don't know if there'll be anybody, but if there is, (laughs) love to hear about
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you can email us at mannersandmadness at gmail.com. You can DM us on Twitter at mannersmadness or on Instagram at mannersandmadnesspod. Or you can leave a one-minute voicemail on our website at mannersandmadness.com.
0: Yes, and you could leave us a rating or review. We got another review today, which was very nice. Thank you so much. Thank you. We love every review. We get excited.
1: (laughs) We do. (laughs) And we love those five stars.
0: We love every five-star rating as well. (laughs) (laughs) We even love our four-star rating, even though it does a little bit
2: of...
1: (laughs) What's it called? God, what's it called? (laughs) Sure. Let's go with that.
0: Yeah. Okay. And yeah, We'll find out what's next week as soon as we do.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. So thank you so much for listening and going on this Twin Peaks season two journey. And we will see you next week.
0: Yep. Good night.
1: Bye bye.